Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Untucked. Um, Today we are going to talk about uh, a recent conversation Jeff had with a neighbor of his kind of revolving around one unsolicited advice, but more specifically um, mortgages, interest rates. Um, Then we're going to talk a little bit about overwork and how it has led or or according to a study done by the World Health Organization, does lead to um, premature death. And then finally, we're going to talk about strip clubs and their road to, I guess, normalcy um, after COVID. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own, and they do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 52 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. This is Jeff. Did you guys know that back when roads weren't really developed yet and ships were the only form of transportation there would be times when the ships were like going from country to country would get stuck in like the water from ice formations so the receiving country would go out and they'd send like small ships to break the ice so that they can clear away for the trade ships to land on shore hence this gesture of affiliation started the term breaking the ice when you're getting into a conversation with somebody. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> I mean, what can you say about that? I see Mike like trying to uh, figure I'm, out a way I'm, yeah, to... Yeah, trying to like debunk it. Blow it up a little bit. I probably can't. Uh, I, I do a lot of phrase research and yeah. that one didn't have like any other thoughts or, or, or theories of how it came. Okay. So... Yeah, I, I guess I've never thought about why that's a phrase we use and like icebreakers. Right, but like it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. unless you knew the origin of it. Like, no. Oh, let's break the ice. But that makes no sense whatsoever. And even the origin of it is like, I mean, we're assuming that these countries have never interacted with one another. <laughs> right. Right, because like you, if you break the ice, and then after that, two years later, the ship gets stuck again. You We've already, already broke. broken the ice. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, good call, Meg. Um, do so. Do we only have because we're not talking yeah. about the Phillies? Yeah. Well, I mean, do last we week was way too long of Philly sports, so <laughs> this week will be short. We only have. Oh, well, I don't know. It's you guys. It's it's Sixers Phillies. Right? Phillies are twenty four and twenty five. They just they just can't they just can't figure it out, man. Like one day they're good, the next day they stink. They're gonna be a five hundred team. It's like their closer Hector Neris was good last night, but there's other nights he sucks. Some nights they hit, some nights they don't. It's just it's now has become now that we're fifty games into the season for me. They're just background noise. I turn them on because I love having the baseball game on in the background in the summer. But I'll start caring if they look like they have a chance to like make it to the playoffs. But we got our boys in the playoffs right now. 
You're actually heading to the game You're tonight. going tonight, right? I am. So by the time this pod gets released, there will have been two more games. <laughs> yeah. So it's game two of the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Sixers beat the Wizards game one. Hoping for game two dub. Hoping for like a sweep, gentleman's sweep at the most. I think the they sweep them. I, I think they ends sweep. quickly. Trains probably doesn't know any of the drama that happened in game one. And for oh. our loyal listeners who don't follow the Sixers. Oh, we're going to go in on Ben. We don't have to get, get too too deep in it. But, I mean, the three quarters, Sixers are a one seed. Wizards are an eight seed. It's a tie game for like three quarters, basically. Well, yes. it's just, it, Not basically. It was, yes, a tie game. Now, Joel Embiid was in foul trouble the whole game. Um, and I would say like – because of poor officiating, not necessarily because of his play. His third foul call was horrible. I mean, I've seen like third graders hit harder and not get fouls called against them. Um, so with him out of the game, I mean, offense was Tobias Harris carried the team in the first half. Um, Joe came back, came in. Seth Curry got going a little bit in the second half. But yeah, they never really pulled away it was close pretty much the whole game now i mean washington has bradley beal who was second in the league in scoring last year and is awesome offensively and um so i mean like i don't think anybody's expecting these teams to like roll over it is the playoffs westbrook's not a dog he's a good player too yeah yes but there was a bit of controversy after the game ben simmons had 15 rebounds he had 15 assists so double double and he had six points. He's our point guard, and he went 0 for 6 from the free throw line. Hmm. So everybody's upset about, you know, how do you have a playoff point guard who can who, who at the end of the game when we need him to distribute or drive the lane and get to the line can't make a free throw. So there's a lot of debate over is that going to hurt us in the later rounds of the playoff, assuming we get past the Wizards. And they've just been... Yeah, he's been the talk of the town. Philly sports talk like has just been, and it's split right down the middle, fifty fifty about yeah. how, how people feel about him. And I would say that he's he's been the the target of a lot of debates since he's gotten here because his game is very unique and he does a lot of things very well. His offense is just non-existent. Uh, his offense production himself, offensive production, I guess. I mean, he's a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. He, like Jeff said, had a double-double, a meaningful double-double with assists and boards. He played Bradley Beal, who's their best offensive player, and in however many possessions he played him, held him for like one for seven from the field. So, like, he does a lot of things very, very well. Um, and my thing, and I've I've given him a hard time all year, if Tobias Harris continues to play the way he's playing, we probably get away with Ben not being a guy offensively. Um, and Tobias has been awesome all season. So I'm optimistic that, you know, his game can hopefully continue playing. He can play at this level through the playoffs. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, like the what you're describing, Jeff, like end of game situations where, you know, the clock is being managed by both teams and the offen- the opposing team is fouling to stop the clock and get the ball back. And, like, you're putting a guy who shoots 
from the line on the line. 60? <laughs> I mean, he was zero. I know he was zero percent in that game. Is he 60? Yeah. For his career? Is the season. He's yeah. like, yeah, 60 to 62 or something. Um, it's just a liability. And he's so important as a ball handler, but you can't give him the ball in those situations. So at the end of game one, it's like our seven foot center is bringing the ball up court because he's our best free throw shooter. And it's like, uh, yes, you want Joe to have the ball, but you don't want him dribbling because he's going to get the ball taken from him. So it's just, it's a problem. Um, It's probably not going to be a huge deal against the Wizards, but as the playoffs go on, better teams are going to expose it further. And, it could be like an Achilles heel. I hope it's not, but it could yeah, be. I think Doc's going to have to design something to help avoid it. Like, Ben, as soon as you get close to midcourt, you got to give it to Seth or give it to somebody else, somebody that can actually shoot a free throw. Yeah. I'm more interested to see what how, how it is down there tonight to get your yeah. feedback from uh, what the scene looks like tonight. Yeah, I'm excited. What are they doing capacity? Like 50? 50. Okay. Yeah, and it then looks and feels like a lot more than that. Yeah. yeah, all of like everybody after the first game, after like in their press conferences, will like, I can't believe we're at limited capacity. Like you wouldn't know it from the energy in the building. So, hopefully that's um, down there again. They get another win, and you know we'll move on from the Wizards rather quickly. Yep. Yeah, all yeah. Right. That's all we got for Philly sports. That's it. That's it. Coach's corner. Yeah. Jeff, do you want to tee this up? Yeah, I was just chatting with you guys earlier this week about how I had a conversation with a neighbor of mine who just kind of stopped me, and he was um, got into like a financial discussion with me, and he's complaining about um, nobody working, nobody wants to work, and um, we started talking about interest rates and how he doesn't like that because he's a as an older guy, he's probably in his eight, like early eighties late 70s early 80s he's like you know i just i'm a net saver now so i hate that i have uh nowhere to put my money that's going to get a decent interest rate not that that even freaking matters for this guy because i think he's got plenty of money and i was like no but i love it i mean you know i just refied my house at 2.75 for 30 years and i'm 44 years old and he looked at me and he was like why would you ever do a 30-year mortgage he's an ex-cpa by the way He's like, I, I, I encourage all of my clients to do a 15. And I'm like looking at I didn't even get into it with him. I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, when I looked at this doing the refi, it was 2.25 for 15 years. I almost pulled the trigger on that. And I talked to you, Meg, and you kind of dis- dissuaded me to do it, which made all the sense in the world. Because why would I do that when I can get 2.75 for 30 years? And you can prepay it down as much as you want, whenever you want, but you just extended the time that you have to pay it back. I just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And to hear this guy so adamant about it just kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we talked about this and it's just math wise, it's the hundred percent, the wrong move to you take the longest duration you possibly can. Cause you want to pay back a fixed amount of monthly dollars far into the future that are going to be worth way less because of inflation, purely because of just inflation, right? So if you could get a 50-year mortgage, you should. And now it's all <laughs> psychological. I get, yeah. the, get that people um, love to be debt-free, and, they, and, and that's a big component of it. But math-wise, you take cheap cheap rates, and you know, obviously two, two and three quarters is you know, as good as you're going to get. 
And you take the longest length you can. That's what he said to me. He goes, you don't want debt when you're retired. All right, so let's say I retire 20 years from now. I'll be 64. Um, the payment's like 2,200 bucks a month. Well, 20 years from now, to your point, Mike, 2,200 bucks is like going to be nothing. Like right. I'll be able to, to manage that in retirement for the next, for the remaining 10 years. But yeah, his point and I, what I said to him was, but why would I take money if my money's going to earn five or six? Mathematically, why would I shorten the time frame of paying that money back? If it's if they're only charging me 2.7 and I'm earning five or six, and I said net effectively after I deduct the interest, it's under two. It's under yeah. two. So if you earn three on it, you win. You win. Yeah. I mean, what we talked about with you specifically, Jeff, was like in the context of your plan with young kids and a lot of other goals in the shorter, like kind of more immediate term. Like, why wouldn't we pick up cash flow, borrow money cheaper? and give yourself more flexibility to invest and earn over the the next couple of years. Like it just, it was a no brainer. And, and your point, Mike, about like the math versus the psychology is an important distinction because I think when we get these questions, there's two answers, right? It's always financially, this is what makes most sense. But then if you have an issue or a concern with carrying debt, then we need to try to balance that. And people that we work with in the retirement, current retirees, they're so adverse to debt, right? They were brought up in this, first of all, in, in a world where interest rates weren't as, as low as they are now, but just in a place where like you, you didn't, you weren't supposed to carry, you weren't supposed to go into retirement with debt. You, you tried to be and get debt free as quickly as possible. And that's like, they're anchored to that. Yeah. Um, and it, it impacts these types of decisions. And then those types of conversations you have, like unsolicited right. advice offering. What was interesting, <laughs> I, I find interesting, it, it shouldn't surprise me, because I've said this multiple times during my life, I, I fell into the behavioral trap. Like I'm looking at my financial plan. And I'm like, oh, 15 years at two and a quarter. Like that's unbelievable. I can pay it off sooner. That frees up cash flow. I'm like, Meg, I'm doing that. And you looked at me and you were like, that's stupid. You should do it over <laughs> 30 years. And I was just, I was doing, since I'm an advisor, I was doing it on my own. I bounced the idea off of you, my advisor, for my personal situation. I was like, man, I fell into the same trap that our clients do when when you're left to your own devices sometimes and it wouldn't have been a bad decision that no. crushed us financially no. but it just didn't make the most sense and since i have someone to bounce the idea off of i then made a better decision and it's, it's crazy how i just i fall into the same doesn't matter how smart you are doesn't matter what your 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 um your job is you're susceptible to fall to making a bad decision or not the best decision yeah. i should say yeah yeah, and I say, I mean, if dollars are worth less in the future, which means there's inflation, however, whatever the level is, if they're just worth less in the future, which they almost always are, um, you do this. If you think there's going to be deflation for some reason, then maybe you don't. But There's not going to be deflation over the next 30 years of my life, right. though. It doesn't make any sense. And this old dude like coming at me with... Well, I advi you're, you're advising other people to do a 15-year mortgage that can now... they're, they're their monthly payment is going to be way more, not way more, but yeah. is going to be more. And there, there's no unwinding that. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas with the 30 or like Mike, the, I'm sure they're coming out with 40 <laughs> and 50 years pretty soon. Like you can prepay it whenever you want. Well, it kind of goes back. I think we made a talk, maybe talked about it last week about just people giving advice, whether it be through TikTok or, yeah. or, or social media that, and this guy who's a CPA, not a financial planner, he's only thinking of it through his lens, um, which is he doesn't like debt because he's an older guy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't that doesn't always make the most sense for everybody. Yeah, and I think unfortunately because of the environment we're in now with historically low interest rates, refis being very attractive, people buying homes, you know, at the rate at which they are, like those decisions are made maybe more um, reactively, right? And and maybe not in the context of a plan because people feel like they have to take advantage of what's put in front of them, so they're not relying on a qualified professional, you know, they're relying on their mortgage broker or they're relying on their real estate agent, right? The people who are incentivized for in certain ways to maybe not provide the best advice. So it's, you know, from a consumer standpoint, if you don't have those connections professionally to be able to get maybe more holistically, you know, a a view that's more holistic, you know, you're going to make, and again, like your point, Jeff, not necessarily bad decisions, but maybe not the best one. <clears throat> All right. Overworking. 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 I have a lot of opinions on this. <laughs> Overwork killed more than 745,000 people in a year, the um, World Health Organization study finds. I know you're going to have a lot of beef with just the, the data points, Mike. Yep. <laughs> Um, so this is from NPR written by Bill Chappelle. According to a study conducted in 2016 by the World Health Organization, 488 million people were exposed to the risks of working long hours, which they say resulted in stroke and heart disease. The study found the highest health burdens from overwork in men and in workers who are middle-aged or older. Do we want to just get yours out of the way, Mike? <laughs> I Again, this these studies... You gotta be kidding! The World Health Organization, you can have them. I mean, how do you correlate a data point of you? You basically poll a bunch of people to find out how many hours a week they work, and then you make the leap to come to a very specific percentage of them who died of heart disease and say it's because of overwork. I, I, I tell me how you get there. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I mean, don't. I can understand an article talking about the obviousness, like being Captain Obvious to say, like, hey, if you're overworking yourself, you're probably putting a lot of, maybe you're not eating well, <laughs> you're probably putting a lot of stress on yourself, and, and those are risk factors to, um, to, to an unhealthy scenario, and maybe heart disease results from that. That's exactly what they did. I agree with their data, like, 100%. What do you mean? Like, that's exactly what they're saying. People who are overworked, they're not exercising, they're not eating well, they're stressed out, and it's causing heart attacks, and they're dying. But they literally, I'm reading, they literally said, the number of deaths due to working long hours increased by 42% and from stroke by 19%. They're literally saying that people died specifically because of overwork. I don't disagree. But it, so they're saying people died of stroke, they found out how, how many hours those people worked, and they're seeing a correlation between it. Yeah, but to the point you just agreed with, there are of it's not like overwork to death. 
there's other factors. If I wasn't working are, so hard, maybe I right. can exercise more. Maybe I'd have more time to right, eat better instead of bringing a Lunchable to work. Like, Yeah, but or you could just n- not. I don't know. Like, It's a snowball <laughs> effect. The article's <laughs> title, Overwork Killed 700,000 People. It absolutely does. But that's not, not what's on the death certificate. Like, <laughs> right. it doesn't say overwork. It says heart disease or stroke. And how many of these people have heart disease that runs in their family? Right? And how many of these people... Maybe if they had time to go see their doctor okay. instead of going to work all the time, they'd be Okay, able let's to- just talk about the topic at hand, which is overworking. Okay. We're not going to argue with the who. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of beef with the overworking. I'm tired of people saying to me, I work 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I don't think you do, bro. I don't think you work 80 hours a week. I'm sorry. I mean, if you work 12 hours a day, five days a week, that's 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. That's 60 hours, right? You'd have to work basically every day for 12 <laughs> hours to work 80 hours a week. Fast math. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's. Like, I don't think people are doing that. People do that in some some uh, businesses. They work from nine to nine every day of the week. What? There's no one. No one could sustain that, dude. It's it, they don't. They don't. Do uh, it. They oh, die. Investment. <laughs> like, exactly my point. Junior like investment bankers work those those out. They they work eighty to ninety hours a week. I don't. I that's don't how it. they. That's I don't believe what it. they're forced to do. I don't believe it. It's true. <laughs> what do you mean? They work every day. Yes, Saturday they work and Sunday. weekends. They work weekends and they're working till two in the morning. That that's not true. I I I, I don't believe. <laughs> I just don't believe. Wait, it. so you believe this stupid study, but you don't believe that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one would do that. It's it, you're not. It's not sustainable as a human being, dude. I'm not saying it's sustainable they might I'm do it for like a week or two but there's no they way do they for, do it they do it for a period of time early in their careers it's how they move up the ladder to become right like wall street guys i it's, mean it's that's, less expected now than it used to be i know that like that might be changing a bit but it's still the expectation is you're working all weekend on this pitch book or whatever and and it's 15 hour days 15 hour days yes that's the dumbest occupation I've ever heard of in my life. Okay. The dumbest. Like, I can't believe there's actual people that agree to do that. They agree to do it because there's a, a massive financial reward if you stick to it and are good at it. And you move up the ladder to the, to the like, managing director who, who is in charge of all those people. That managing director is going to die of a heart attack in about five years. Okay. So I agree with the who 100%. What about, <laughs> hey, hey, lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. Lawyers who are breaking rocks, quote unquote, right? Just billing hours and, and, you know, there's an incentive for you to work more hours if you're billing by the hour and you're in that kind of line of work, right? I just, there's got to be some amount of wasted time that that, in, what did you call them? Investment. Junior bankers. analysts. Investment bankers, the person building a pitch book. Yeah. I mean, what are you doing for 15 hours a day? What do they do? Like, how long does it take to build a pitch book? I just <laughs> well, okay. sure, it's right, not. We'll have another another pot on this topic. I can't, you're, you're just refusing to believe that there's actually that much work that can be done. What has to What has to be done that can't? Unless there's like a deadline, which there is. Okay, but like every every month, there's a freaking deadline. <laughs> New pitch books, dude. <laughs> to update the quarterly numbers. Like, what are we talking about? 
they're pitching a company on you know a merger or going public or whatever the whole thing is. There's massive amounts of work involved in that. Hire Building a road more show, people. Like, like, like it's it's significant. Like I wasn't going like in my mind. I'm thinking like the guys that are that are landscaping and like that's hard work and they're working like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. But there's like the house <laughs> on like in suburbia. Like can maybe like maybe that one can wait till tomorrow. Like we'll get it tomorrow. Plus, you can't really work it. You can't landscape at night. No, you're you're. So, I mean, yeah, you can't do that at night. <laughs> I think, first of all, we're unique in that we exist in a world specifically here in our world where we have a lot of flexibility with our time, and that is unique. There are more people who don't have that than do. So I think it's really difficult sometimes for us to understand other circumstances because we're not in them. Like even not my friend, I don't have a lot of people who I know who are like, oh, I work 80 hours a week. But even like my friends who work, say 50, right? Like they do it, they clock in or you know, like they have to be at work every day at the same t- at a certain time. They We leave every day at a certain time. Like even that amount of structure is foreign to me because it's just not what we've created here. Yeah, or someone who has to work three jobs, right? Shift at Wawa, then yeah. I'm a bartender, and then I'm like maybe. I understand all that, and I can wrap my brain around fifty hours a week. So I can even wrap my brain on sixty hours a week. The eighty to ninety, I just <laughs> I, have, I struggle with it. I struggle, and maybe I'll that that, that literally. I, I think that those are where your weekends are spent working. Yeah, and and. There's plenty of people who do that. Yeah. I would love to understand, get an understanding. But I don't think they're they're getting killed by it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to understand, like to talk to that person, like what's what's the roadmap look like? Like what does your career progression look like? Because I can maybe get on board with, all right, dude, bust your ass for a year or two. It's probably going to kill you, but (laughs) year three through five are going to be super financially rewarding to you. Uh, I can wrap my brain around that, but um, this article was specifically talking about they saw like middle-aged and older were the ones that were being worked to death. Um, Back to my point, they're they're talking about it as if people that are 55 and older are the ones dying from overwork. Right. Well, they're dying because they're unhealthy and just so happens that you're they answered a survey that said they worked 60 hours a week which half of them were probably Probably. I work 60 hours a week no you (laughs) don't you play Tetris on your computer for two hours a day that doesn't count as work right you take two hour martini lunches right alright so we don't agree with the who's findings (laughs) no we we kind of debate a little bit about does this actually exist yeah but we also agree I think that like too much time spent, let's just say, working or at work can lead to other factors influencing and affecting your health. Yeah, and I guess I think there's different levels. Like you're the person you're describing, Mike, the investment banker. I, I, I can, I guess, I can come around and agree that, that that exists for a period of time. I don't think anyone can do that for long periods of time consistently. Um, and lawyers too, like you know, junior lawyers who are trying to make partner. They're they're working so many hours on cases and all that like tedious stuff that you can't even imagine doing right yeah so all those kinds of people that are working towards like really lucrative professions if they 
can stick it out and become senior. I think that's kind of the norm. I guess I'm I'm referring more to the people that like say they work all these hours yeah. and they wear it as a badge of honor. Yeah. Like I work so hard. And then if you really were to kind of dissect their day and see like where they're spending, are, I mean, are they really working? Do they really work 14 hours that day or did they just it, take a two hour lunch? You it's know? the, it's the other, it's another way of saying I'm so busy. Yeah. Yes. Right. Which yeah. we've talked about a lot. Like I work so, so many hours. I'm so busy. It's like, dude, you're really not. Right. Speaking of, of overworked or maybe underworked. <laughs> underworked. What do we got here? Strippers are back on the job, but COVID rules are hurting their pay. This is from Reuters. COVID impacted a lot of industries and strip clubs are no different. This article discusses the ways strippers have had to change their ways in order to make ends meet and how despite loosening restrictions in lots of places, strippers and the clubs they work for are still experiencing significant financial burden. I just saw the headline and I was kind of like, oh my God, I forgot about industries like that where physical touch or something (laughs) near it, like massage therapy, Mm -hmm. like what happens to that? Like what happens to strip clubs? What happens to massage therapists moving forward? Is it over? Like you and I were in a meeting the other day and you were describing like salad bars. Like you walked into Whole Foods and were like skeeved out mm-hmm. because this whole new world that we're in now, yeah. people may be more conscious of, do I really want to go lay down on a table and have, get a massage and like have someone like touching me? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, Mike, I think you said a year ago when this pandemic was like, we were kind of in it. You were like, shaking hands is over. (laughs) Hugs are over. Like, we're never going to do that again. We're already back to shaking hands. Sort of. I feel like um, most, many people are going to be just fist bump only people. Yeah. Well, I thought about that. I'm like, yeah, shaking hands is is pretty gross. Like, I have no idea what that person's hand has been. Yep. And I didn't really yeah. even think about it that much before the pandemic. I mean, I don't... Are you going to... Sorry. What about high-fiving? Like, after... Uh, it's pretty quick. I don't know. mind a high-five. What? It's pretty quick. I don't mind a high-five. Yeah, five. you don't mind a high-five. Okay. Isn't, is that any different than fist-bumping? I mean, you're... you're Knuckles I mean, versus palms, yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I think high-fiving is way more risky than fist bump. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back to the strippers. So I think that this industry specifically will come back. And and I this is probably a very unfair generalization and fairly judgmental of me. But the people who are regularly going to strip clubs and providing the income for these women, mostly, I I guess. Um, I'm not sure how COVID cautious they are. I I believe, and, and the way I interpreted this article, was that the lack of income or, or money that the strippers were making was more because of the restrictions that were put on the clubs, not necessarily because of club goers not wanting to be there. Yeah, they were talking about going to other states and right. more, with more right. relaxed rules. Yeah, I was just thinking like bachelorette parties and they get a, they get a couple dudes to come out and strip. Like, is that is that over? 
That's not a thing that really happens, dude. It's the other way. Bachelor well, I'm sure party. I know it happens for guys too, yeah. but you're telling me no women have ever done that. I've gone to one. I've been to a bachelorette party where we went to a male strip club, but I've never been to one where we like brought a male stripper in. That's I'm sure it super ha- unsafe. Like, I'm sure it happens though. Okay. You don't think it does? I don't think it happens nearly as much as you think it I, does. I think it's I like didn't a- say it happens a lot. I'm just saying it happens. Okay, sure. It has happened. There yes. are guys out there that's part of their income. That's going to probably go away because women are so much more... Um, Hmm. what's the term I'm looking for? Um, sophisticated than men. So they don't, they, they don't, they don't hire male strippers. To I just to told you club. I went to a male strip club. I just, it doesn't happen as it doesn't happen. It's not a, a, like a, a bachelorette party common thing. Right. I agree. I understand. I agree with that. I'm just saying there's male strippers out there that are Are you just trying to make this about men and women? You don't want just female strippers to be- No, obviously predominantly women are strippers. (laughs) There's way more female strippers, I'd have to assume, than male strippers. Yeah. And if I'm wrong on that, holy hell. (laughs) Um, But I'm just curious. And I think you're probably right, Meg. I don't think it's going to hurt. I think it'll eventually come back for female strippers. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking about what you said about like, does the industry change? Because I think a lot, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying this about like the patrons of a lot of strip clubs would be maybe dudes on a golf weekend in Myrtle beach or, or Vegas or a bachelor party or whatever. And obviously there's a whole bunch of like regulars who just yeah do this on a regular basis and has nothing to do with like a, an event. But I do wonder about whether those events will, make a dent in the business because they're, they're no longer going to have the appetite to to go where, where they otherwise would have just rolled in and, and like you know spent a couple hours in some strip club i think to meg's point the 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 group that's doing that probably doesn't doesn't care too much doesn't change yeah i don't think so really? okay probably right <clears throat> how about the one chick make seven hundred dollars a night dude if she works four days a week <laughs> So she much math. Ma- she makes math. like $140,000 working four days a week. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And she's not going to die from overworking either. No. <laughs> it's like, the, it's like I don't want to call it a cake job because I know it's not a cake, but you're dancing for men. Like you're not lifting. Okay. You're not digging ditches. This the, Have you seen them pull themselves up on That's bars? That's a great point. They are <laughs> incredibly athletic. Have What's the, um? is it? Like Hustler, what's the movie with J-Lo? Um, the stripper movie. I have no idea. I was I see female stripper movie. Made in Manhattan. <laughs> Stupid. Hustlers. Wildly impressive. <laughs> I mean, the the core strength <laughs> alone is just, I can't do a pull-up. And these women can wrap themselves around a bar, gracefully lower themselves to the floor, all while wearing like a bikini, maybe not, and like 17 inch heels. It's, you know, more power to them. I think it's great. If I could do it, I probably wouldn't, but. I hope they can get back to making 700 a night. Because I think that's that's an unbelievable opportunity that's out there. And Mm -hmm. if you're willing to be, 
if that that's if that's what you're willing to have as your occupation, like more power to you, man. Yeah, agreed. I couldn't believe there were 3,800 plus strip clubs in America. Mm. There's only 1,900 targets. <laughs> There's more strip clubs than targets. You did so much research. I did. I was prepared today. <laughs> do you believe yeah. that? Yeah, I do. That should have been my fun uh, fact. That should have been your fun fact. <laughs> I th- I mean, I think so many of them are just these little holes in the walls that, that yeah. are in wherever. Well, I think if, if you go anywhere, there's going to be a strip. Like, Conshohocken has a strip club. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch in Philly. Like, any, any like, destination you go to yeah. that's, like, warm... <laughs> like there's one in Almorada, man. Like I came out of my resort and across the street, it was like Frank's strip club. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. I can't imagine who's in there. Did you go in? No, no. I did, but just to get a burger. <laughs> Take part in the buffet. Yeah. That might be what really hurts the strip clubs. Because I don't know if buffets are coming back. But you know? To your earlier point, the... The customers are probably don't care. Yeah, I don't think they're, they're eating a whole lot. They're probably drinking, but... Uh, have you ever been in a strip club mm-hmm. where there's a buffet going on? People are making plates. Yeah, I have, and I, I couldn't <laughs> believe people were actually eating there. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Top five things you can't wait for them to end. Okay. Who wants to go first? Okay, I'll go. Do it, Mike. Um... Your, I'll say daughter, niece, whatever, uh, dance recital. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Um, that's one of them. I'm going to say when you were a kid, the end of the school year. It's on mine. <laughs> like you can't wait for the school year to end. The, it just yeah, can't come I, soon I, enough. That was, yeah. on, that was on mine, man. That's a good one. I thought that was a good one, too. Um, I'm going to say a long flight, like a a, a, a flight to, you know, multi multi hour flight that lasts like hour or mm-hmm. two is brutal yeah mm-hmm. i'm gonna say the song Freebird. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and then um my final one is the end of or the upcoming end of a really brutal winter okay i thought about that it didn't really really it didn't land on my i don't mind the winter. Okay. <laughs> I think a lot of people are like, I can't wait for this to end. Yeah. We need some, you know, spring weather, whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. summer rolls around like, oh, it's so hot. <laughs> that is me. I can't wait till fall. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's my five. Good five. That's a good one. I'll go. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> um, a bad date. Mm, Ooh, good one. Good one. Um, any graduation ceremony ever. Yeah. Whether good it's one. yours, your brothers, your sisters, your daughters. You can have the name calling and just the one after yeah, another. Yeah, it is brutal. It's the worst. And the vast majority of them are in a hot month. So if you're outside, it's like the weather sucks. Yeah. Unless tough. you're in like, I don't know. I don't even know where you could be where it wouldn't be kind of hot. Like an auditorium with AC. But well, yeah, but I'm saying if it's outside. Then you're, then you're cramped in with a thousand people getting COVID. <laughs> Um, a dentist appointment. Yeah. I so as similar to your flight, I said a, like a long road trip. Like when you look at the GPS and you're like, 
an hour and 20 minutes out and you've been in the car for five hours yeah, yeah. and you're like I just want to yeah, get there one of them i didn't have it was related to that it's like a long traffic jam that you're yeah. not through so oh, sorry, oh. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i should have waited for you to go um, like, oh, let me rattle off like my <laughs> consolation ones um i don't know if i can say this say it. a bikini wax mm. <laughs> i bet that's pretty brutal yeah can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> yeah. That it? Yeah. So I can't wait for the Windows update to be done. You know what? You have to like, you have like five updates that need to like download before you can actually close your computer. So that's one. <laughs> so uh, you're the person who doesn't click update, then shut down. Like you wait for them to come back. Back in the day, that wasn't an option. Mm. And you'd go shut down and it says, we have 23 <laughs> updates to do. We're on one of 23. Okay. Uh, my number two was the drive home from the shore on a holiday weekend yeah. Yeah. when you're stuck in traffic. It's yeah. awful. Um, number three is a cold. Like when you get a cold and it's like day three of it and I just can't wait for it to be over and to stop snotting and sneezing. <laughs> Number four is um, um, corporate meetings. Any kind of like work meeting where it's like that corporate meeting where you're just, it's just nothing's getting accomplished and you're just sitting there. I'm just like, I got to get out of here. And then number five is uh, Ben Simmons' career. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I can't wait for it to be over. You can't I can't wait. I hear you. I just can't. Like, the, the kid's a good player, and I can't. Like, all they do is talk where there's two sides, and it's just constant. No, you know what? What we should. I can't wait for it to be over in Philadelphia. That way, we just. We could stop here. I can't believe you just said it. that. I cannot believe. You know what? I'm pissed. <laughs> for that reason, you do not win. <laughs> all right. Until next time. See ya. Thanks for listening.